Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Are you well? Welcome to 2019. Everyone good? So good to have you in church. Uh, Thanks for joining us on the first rainy Sunday of the year. Uh, Today, (laughs) Root... Glad one of us is excited. Uh, the, the, today ruined what I thought was a prophetic word from somebody when we came to plant the church here. They said, you know, I've noticed every Sunday on, uh, in San Francisco, no matter what the forecast says, even if it says rain, there's never any rain. It feels like God just wants church to happen in San Francisco and he holds back the rain for the churches. And like, it's so far it's been true. Every Sunday leading up till today, I'm like, this is amazing. God really does hold back the rain for the San Franciscans. Nope, (laughs) not today. But can we give it up for our dream team who held out umbrellas for you guys as you came in today? Come on. Good on you guys. Well, hey, uh, uh, I'm excited to share the word with you this morning. And uh, next week, I mentioned this during our Christmas services, but uh, next week we're going to be starting a series as we jump into the new year called Life on Purpose. And I'd love for you all to be here and invite some friends. I think one of the biggest questions people have uh, about life is, why am I here? What's my purpose? Why why am I breathing on this planet? And uh, we're going to do our best to take a look at the word and to discuss that. What what has God called us to do? How has, has he uniquely wired you as an individual? And how can you go about living 2019 on purpose. But today, I just wanted to preach a word this morning that really helped jumpstart 2019 and help us get our foundation solid as we start out. Um, But before I jump into that, I wanted to briefly, if I could, just give you a couple of stats about 2018 and just some of the amazing things God's done in the 15 weeks we've been at church. We we are 15 weeks old, people. Come on, we've had 15-week-old birthday. Um, And the reason I want to share that with you is because I think there's something about looking at what God has done that can help us prepare and believe for what he wants to do. Um, I honestly believe that 2019 is going to be an incredible year for us here at the Father's House. Hundreds of people are going to give their life to Jesus. Thousands of dollars are going to be given away to the community and to people in need. Uh, We're going to see lives restored and marriages restored, and we're going to make a a dent in the kingdom of hell in this community. It's going to be awesome. Um, But I think the, the best way we can tee ourselves up to believe for great things is to see what God has already done in the past. Uh, it says all throughout the Psalms, and uh, actually all throughout the Bible, but the, the, the principle is, is, is pretty consistent throughout the Psalms, that as we recount the faithfulness of God, we can believe with faith for the future. As I look upon what he's done, I can believe for what he's going to do. And so uh, I just want to brag on God for a moment, if that's, all, uh, if that's all good with you guys, and just just share some cool stats from the last 15 weeks. In 15 weeks as a church, since launch Sunday, September 23rd, 137 people have made a decision to follow Jesus here at the Father's house. Come on. Uh, 416 people walked uh, into our doors for the first time and filled out our Next Steps card and said, hey, we'd like to join your church. Uh, I think a lot of that is because of the signs on the back of the buses, as once again I found out this morning. Isn't it crazy that we haven't paid for those for like four months, but they're still on the buses? Come on, favor ain't fair, people. Uh, Our dream team grew to 155 volunteers that show up here every single week and make church happen, so that's awesome. Uh, We had our first serve day, and we went out with City Impact. We served the under-resourced in the Tenderloin. We had 30 volunteers show up to to be a part of that. Uh, And then these numbers excite me. $3,500 was given away to the campfire victims. And ready for this? We have given away nearly $90,000 as a church to mission endeavors and church plants locally, internationally, and other organizations in our city. Come on, let's give God some praise for that. 
That is incredible for a 15-week-old church to see that many people coming to Christ, see that much given out from our house. And uh, if, if you're a part of making that happen every single week, listen, that does not happen without the grace of God and without the faithfulness of God's people. And, and I just wanna say for those of you who serve faithfully, who tithe and give faithfully to the house, who are a part of the dream team here and make stuff happen, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for serving. Thank you for being a part of the vision. And here's my advice to you, ready? Keep on keeping on. Don't quit now, okay? <laughs> we got a big year ahead of us. And uh, if you haven't yet jumped on the team in any way, uh, you'll hear more about that in the weeks to come. But man, we'd love for you to be a part of the family and part of making the vision happen here at the Father's house. And uh, also just, you know, as, uh, as the year starts out, um, I do want to thank many of you. Uh, at the end of last year, uh, you gave radically in December financially, and you really set us up well for the year. So thank you for your incredible generosity. And uh, if you give today, you can give on the app, you can give in the boxes, you can give on the website and all that stuff. But let's start out the year strong with our giving as well. Amen? All right. Well, hey, here's what we're going to do. We are going to dive into the Word, and I just want to get right into this. And if you're the type of person to take notes, uh, which this would be a good year to start that. I hear statistically the people who take notes are more likely to go to heaven. Um, <laughs> that's not true. Uh, but uh, if you're going to take notes this morning, here's, here's the title of our sermon today. Live wastefully. Live wastefully. If you're looking for a New Year's resolution, there it is. Live wastefully. And you're like, I don't want to. I want to live like with some, some constraint this year. I want my finances to be managed. Well, we're not talking about your money, although maybe we are. Live wastefully. The book of Mark, chapter 14, verse 3. You'll see what I'm talking about as we get into the scripture. Here's what it says. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such an expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. So we're just fulfilling scripture today. The good news is being preached today and we are remembering and discussing what she did. Uh, one more scripture and then we'll pray and we'll get into this. Uh, Philippians chapter three, verse eight. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, as a waste, so that I could gain Christ. Why the waste, they said to this woman. So we're going to talk about living wastefully. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we love you this morning. I thank you for the beginning of a great year and all the opportunities that sit before us as we sit in this room today. God, I thank you for what you've done, but I thank you that there's so much more that you plan to do at the Father's house in 2019. And Lord, even right now as we start out, I just pray that our hearts would be open as we, as we set our hearts to hear you over the next couple of moments in this first service of 2019. I pray that you would speak to us. You'd, uh, you'd help us to get away from all those weird goals that we make every single year that we never accomplish. And today, we would uh, just kind of draw a line in the sand. We'd set our feet on the foundation of Christ Jesus, and we'd say, this year is all about you. We're not going to be distracted with anything else. This year is for you and you alone. Speak to us today and change us before we leave this place. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, come on, everyone said, 
there's your next New Year's resolution. Talk back to the preacher this year. It'll feel good for you. Okay, uh, I want to start out by having a little confession because uh, this is Catholic Church. Um, over the holiday season, how many of you indulged in um, binge watched? Uh, didn't get changed out of your clothes and lived in your pajamas uh, in front of the television on a couch a little bit longer than you probably should have. Come on, this is, this is a place for honesty. Good. Yeah, <laughs> that's like 80% of the church. That's awesome. Uh, I think that the week between like Christmas and New Year's is where we all get to discover like who we truly are. <laughs> like when we have no responsibilities and nowhere to be, like the truest version of yourself is revealed. And uh, for me and my family, it's a very sad existence. I'm just gonna confess that to you right now. Um, I definitely fell into the category of, of binge watching. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that we lived in our pajamas for extended periods of time on the couch, eating lots of junk food, foregoing basic you know, hygienic things like showering and teeth brushing and that kind of stuff, just, just sort of existed on the couch. But that's what you do during the holidays, right? You just, that week is all about vegging out and having no responsibility. That's, that's what makes it fun. Uh, but I think my binge watching probably is a little bit different than yours because I have an eight-year-old and I have a six-year-old. And so I don't get to watch anything age appropriate for someone who's 35. Uh, I'm forced to watch whatever my kids want to watch during the day. So while the rest of you were enjoying the movies and doing the stuff you did, I watched um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I think like eight times. Uh, we watched Madagascar a few times. Uh, Captain Underpants, solid movie. Great, great, great one. Um, I think the only non-animated film that we watched, my wife actually introduced our kids to Free Willy during the Christmas break. It was awesome. It's still out there, people, okay? Just so you know. Still available for rent on Amazon. Actually, fun fact, uh, at the end of that movie, <laughs> I don't know why I'm mentioning this, uh, there's an 800 number that you can call to save the whales. And uh, it's been there since the movie came out in, I don't know, the early 1900s or whenever it came out. Uh, and as we were watching it, the movie came to a close. I'm like, I wonder if this number still works. So I picked up the phone and I called. <laughs> it's clear that no one has called that number in a really long time. It's like some guy's answering machine. He's like, hey, uh, welcome to the, uh, the Free Willy hotline. Um, you can go to the website. I don't know. Like he had no clear answer about why you would call this phone number. He's like, thanks for Free and Willy. It was, it was great. Uh, so because of these children that I had um, I, and my inability to watch normal stuff during the day, as most parents, we live for that moment where our kids finally go to sleep and we can watch something or do something that we want to do. Uh, the two greatest times of the day for a parent are when your kids wake up because it's fun to cuddle them and when your kids go to bed because you're sick of them at that point. So uh, it's great. So when we put our kids to bed, my wife and I, we generally get this opportunity to watch whatever we want to watch. And uh, recently it's been the whole you know Netflix binge thing. So we watch a series, 24, Person of Interest. Uh, we've been watching Blue Bloods lately, which is also a great show family show. Um, they pray at the table at family dinner. It's great. Uh, but I remember a couple years ago during the holiday break, uh, before we were binge watching series, uh, the kids went to bed early and we thought, we're going to watch a movie. That's what we're going to do. You know, let's, like, let's watch a movie. We'd never watch a real long one or something like that. And what you need to understand about Robin and I is we are very one dimensional when it comes to our entertainment. Uh, we don't like a lot of, of, of certain movies. Like we don't like sci-fi and fantasy movies because we're mature and we grew out of that. Um, <laughs> wow. Sorry, David. Uh, we, we don't like like romantic movies or like love stories because like that's not real. No one really loves anyone that much. Uh, we don't... <laughs> 
just saying. We don't like comedies because uh, most of them you just get slimed and they're filled with, with garbage. And uh, at the top of the list of stuff we don't like is, is scary movies because we actually like to sleep and we don't like demons in our bedrooms. So uh, we're stuck with, with action films. We're just like straight, raw action people. That's what we're into, okay? Like Mission Impossible, Born Identity, like that's the kind of stuff we like to watch. Uh, but we're smart about our entertainment because we don't want to get slimed. So we usually uh, look online to make sure that the content is appropriate before we run a movie. Well, this particular holiday break, uh, we had already seen a prequel to this movie, and so we did not bother to, uh, to, to look on Kids in Mind or whatever website was available to, to make sure the content was appropriate. And so we get on Amazon, we pay the seven bucks, we rent the movie, and, and we're just sitting there enjoying ourselves, eating popcorn, kids are in bed, life is good. About halfway through the movie, we realize, oh my goodness, we should have we should have checked to make sure this movie was appropriate because it took a very dark and demonic turn. Like, all of a sudden, we're watching this movie, and we're like, oh, uh, uh, no, you know, like, oh, no. Like, it was, it was all bad. So we quickly turned the movie off, and we did what every mature adult does when you watch something scary. Uh, we turned on Parks and Rec to get our minds off of it. <laughs> that's, that's what you do, right? <laughs> you, like, watch something happy so that you don't go to bed with that stuff stuck in your head. But I remember laying down in my bedroom that night and thinking to myself, man, I wasted $7 on this movie and I didn't even get to watch it. Like, I know that it's only $7, but I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a penny pincher in that regard and I don't like wasting money. And it was bugging me that I wasted all that $7 to watch a movie that I didn't get to watch. I was thinking about it when I went to bed. I thought about it the next morning when I woke up and it was still bugging me as I opened my email until I read an email from Amazon that said, Sir, thank you for renting, and I won't tell you what movie it is, because you'll judge me, um, <laughs> for that movie. As a thank you for your purchase, we have provided you a free copy of Kung Fu Panda. And I'm like, skadoosh, like it was awesome. <laughs> Inside joke for those of you who've seen the movie. <laughs> but I remember thinking as I opened up that email and I read it from Amazon, I'm like, I know Amazon probably sent this email out to thousands of people, but man, isn't it cool that God is saying, hey, you turned off a movie, and to thank you for turning off a movie and for wasting seven bucks on me, I'm gonna take care of you, I'm gonna give you a Kung Fu Panda. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, all right? Sometimes you just gotta acknowledge the little things in life and thank God for, for the way that he takes care of us. Now, I know that I'm no hero for turning off a movie and for wasting $7 for Jesus, okay? This is not persecution. You're like, put his plaque on the wall. He's a real servant of Christ. Way to go for the persecution. Not at all. No, no one's bragging about $7 wasted on God. But I think that there's a principle in that story that aligns with the principle we read in this story that all of us could learn from, and that is some things are worth wasting on Jesus. Some things are just, just worth it. Like my $7 is nothing in comparison to the woman that we read about here in Mark chapter 14 because we understand as we read this story that, that her sacrifice was incredibly extravagant. Picture this scene for a moment. Jesus is sitting down with his, with his friends and disciples and we're not told who else is in the room but they're having a meal together and they're going about their business, eating falafels, shawarma, all is good, right? All of a sudden, here comes this woman, who most theologians believe to be Mary, uh, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, the same Lazarus, the same gal uh, that sat at Jesus' feet while Martha was in the kitchen working away and was criticized, but she's like, I just want to be near Jesus. 
Martha comes, uh, or excuse me, Mary comes barreling through the door and she, she locks eyes with Jesus. And in this setting where everybody's kind of minding their own business, having a meal together, enjoying themselves, she interrupts the whole thing and brings in this vial, this alabaster jar of perfume. And this is not your run-of-the-mill, you know, Aqua de Joe or Chanel number no. five uh, or Aspen, you know, no offense if you wear any of those things. Except for Aspen, you should stop because <laughs> that's from 1995. Uh, but this is like an incredibly valuable bottle of perfume. It, it says that it's worth one year's wages. Now, this is not worth one year's wages, but let's just, let's just go with this for a moment. One year's wages. Now, for perspective, here in San Francisco, the average income is $104,879 a year. So imagine for a moment if you could bottle up $105,000, put it in an alabaster jar, and she comes in, and instead of saving this, instead of spritzing Jesus with it, just I just wanted you to let you know that I love you. <laughs> she breaks it open, and she pours out the entire contents of this bottle on Jesus, it says over his head, just as if a king was being anointed, she breaks it open and she pours it out over Jesus's head. This is perhaps, if not the, one of the most radical offerings ever mentioned in scripture. It, it, it is tantamount to Solomon in the Old Testament where he made this radical sacrifice and God came to him at night and said, hey, what do you want? Or Abraham sacrificed on Mount Moriah or even the widow's might that Jesus takes notice of. It's one of the few sacrifices in the Bible that, that is actually mentioned in scripture for all time and eternity. It is recorded so that we can see it. In fact, Jesus even tells us why it's recorded. He says uh, in verse nine, just a few verses later, he says, I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed, it's gonna be remembered and it's gonna be discussed. In other words, I am preserving this story in Scripture. The reason it's on the pages in our Bible is because Jesus wanted us to see this offering and begin to compare and contrast to the lives that we live. He says, this woman brings in something, the entire year bottled up, and she breaks it open, and she pours it out on Jesus. Now, you and I know that even though it was worth a year's wages, there was a lot more than a monetary value to that thing. Just as there's more than a monetary value to your paycheck. When you are rewarded for your work with a paycheck, it doesn't just mean, hey, here's some money. It represents something more than just money. It represents all the time, the majority of your time that you've invested in that job. It rep represents the use of your gifts and your talents to make some company money or to make money for your own business. It represents the sleepless nights that you stayed up to make things happen. For some of us, it represents the years of college that we went to in order to make a living the way that we do today. It represents a lot of other things, not just the monetary value itself. And so when we look at a vial that is filled with a year's worth of wages, we're looking at everything this woman has to offer. If you could bottle up all of her passion, all of her talent, all of her time, all of the work, everything she's done, here it is in liquid form being poured out on Jesus. And again, it's there so that we can ask this question. How does my life compare to this woman's? 
is this something that, that I'm willing to do as well? Let, let me ask you a confronting question as we start out the year. Are you more of a pour out on Jesus kind of person or are you the, the spritzer? <laughs> does, does he get all of you? Does he have all your passion, all your energy, all your talent, all your resource, everything that he actually gave you in the first place to pour back on him? Or does, you can have one Sunday a month, Jesus. You can have a little bit here and a little bit there, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to the, the rest myself. I, I, think, I think a lot of us, might be more of the spritzer type than we are the pour out type. And, and so let me, let me ask you to consider this this morning. If you could bottle up everything that this year is going to contain, if you could bottle up all your Sundays, all your passion, all your energy, if you could bottle up your mornings, if you, if you could bottle up the best of what you bring to the table, would you be willing on the first Sunday of 2019 to make this statement, make this commitment, make, 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 make this thought, like, I'm gonna give it all to Jesus this year. I'm gonna pour out everything I have on him. I'm holding nothing back in 2019. And before you answer that, let me issue you this warning. You do not get to make a commitment like that without some conflict. There is always conflict when you make that kind of a radical commitment to Jesus. And the conflict, it resonates with the audience that Jesus found himself around, that this woman found herself around as this offering was being poured out. Because you have a culture and you have a world that would make the same accusation of you. Wait a minute, you're gonna give everything to Jesus? What a waste. The, the, the people sitting at the table, they look at this woman and they say, you're gonna waste all of that on Jesus. Do you have any idea how valuable that thing is? It could be sold and given to the poor. You know, trying to make some excuse to make it sound like it's reasonable, but really what they're saying is, you could hold on to that for yourself. Like, there's other places you could invest that and you're gonna just waste it by pouring it out on Jesus? Here's what it sounds like in your culture. You're gonna waste your Sunday mornings in church? It's a perfectly good Sunday. Like, I don't know about you, but literally every Sunday when I walk into church, right at about 9.45 to 10 o'clock, I get an alert on my phone from Yelp that tells me about a new brunch spot that is available here in San Francisco. And every Sunday, I'm like, I'm the pastor. I should not be tempted to go to brunch right now. I should be in church. Why are you wasting your time in a building with weird guys painted on the wall just to, to go to church? Someone just started looking around. Oh, they are there. <laughs> Who are they? What a waste. You're gonna, you're gonna waste your talents and your gifts on a church? You could put those to work somewhere else and get a little bit more bang for your buck. Wait, you don't just go to church on a Sunday. You actually have a group of people that get together and talk about God on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night and you pray together. What a waste of a perfectly good weeknight. You, you actually go to bed on time and wake up early 
so that you can spend an hour with Jesus reading the Bible and praying? What a waste of a perfectly warm bed. You, you give a percentage of your income to the church? What a waste of your money. This is what culture says. The accusation is just as loud today as it was in scripture. What a waste of all the good stuff you have to offer. And sometimes, listen, it doesn't even just come from your culture, it comes from inside of us. It sounds hauntingly similar to our own voice. Maybe we wouldn't say, oh, it's a waste, and I would never waste that on Jesus, but it's like, man, you want, you want that from me, God? Like, that's a lot, you're asking a lot from me. And in our heart and our mind, we begin to calculate, is is that the highest and best use of my life and my time and my resource? I'm just, I'm just not sure. What a waste. But, but let me remind all of us today that not a single one of us said yes to Jesus so that we could find approval in the voice of our culture. In fact, the moment we said yes to Jesus, we signed up for the accusation of those who do not understand what it is we've experienced in him. We invited the conflict. We invited the accusation. The moment I said, Jesus, come into my life and I'm gonna live for you, well, buckle up. There is gonna be some people that accuse and point the finger and don't understand what's happening in my heart and in my life. I am not living for the praise and the approval of people on this planet. I am living for an audience of one. I'm not here to try to figure out how to appease anybody else. I am living for the moment where I stand before Jesus and he looks at me and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy that's been set before you. The Bible says in, in 1 John that when we choose friendship of this world over friendship with God, then we actually become an enemy of his. I am not an enemy of God. I, I signed up to, to, to follow Jesus. I want to be his friend. I would rather be accused by the world of making wasteful decisions for Jesus than being accused by Jesus of wasting my life on the things of this world. No, I want to live wastefully. I want to live in a way that invites people to say, really? You're gonna waste all of that, your life on this Jesus thing? Absolutely. Absolutely, because the same way that woman poured it out and could think of no better way to invest what she had. She brought everything her best to Jesus. I wanna be the kind of person, I want us to be the kind of church that says, I don't reserve my best for my employer, I don't reserve my best for my friends, I don't reserve my best for the things of this world and to try to impress other people. My best belongs to God. The best of who I am, the best of my talents, the best of my passion, the best of my energy, the best of my week, the first of my life, I pour it out on Jesus. I want all of us to come to this place of beautiful perspective that, that the Apostle Paul came to. We read it in Philippians chapter three just a moment ago. And I think it's the same place that this woman came to, although she didn't quite quote it the same way. But he said in Philippians chapter three, verse eight, yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ. For his sake, I've discarded, I have trashed everything out, counting it as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Translation, everything else is a waste. 
The pursuits of this world, climbing the ladder, trying to win the approval of people, all of that is like trash. That is the waste of this life. No, I would rather waste my life on Jesus because all of that is an endless pursuit that leads to emptiness. But every time I waste my life on Jesus, I feel fulfilled and I feel joy and I feel like there's some purpose for my life. I will gladly waste it on him. I want all of us, even at the beginning of this year, to just come to that same place of perspective where we say, you know what? I want to love fully and I want to live wastefully. I want my love for Jesus to outweigh everything else that this world has to offer. And I'm making a decision at the beginning of this year. Whatever I got, if I could bottle it all up, I would pour it out on him this year. Because listen, as you do this, and as you come to this place of perspective, you'll discover what all of us have discovered, and that is what's spent in love is never wasted. Get that line in your spirit today. What is spent in love is never wasted. It's only invested. Those of you who are married, those of you who are dating, those of you who have found the affection of another person, you know that. What's spent in love, it isn't wasted. Like, think about for those of you that are married, you've been dating someone for a while, think about how much money you have wasted on that other person. Just think about it. Like, as a dude, I was perfectly content eating grilled cheese and top ramen every day of my life. Like, that's fine. But when I fell in love, we had to go out to eat and buy nice food and you know, go to Red Lobster. I don't know. <laughs> I've wasted some money on clothes that ended up in bags and headed off to Goodwill. I've wasted money on gifts that we can't find anymore. Like we've, we've, we've wasted some money. Don't even get me started on time. Do you know how much time I've wasted on my wife? <laughs> like when you're dating somebody and you're in love, all you want to do is be with that person. Doesn't matter who your friends were before. It's like, I just want to be with them. And everyone accuses you and you're like, I just need to be near the object of my affection. If you've never called in sick to be with the one you love, you have never been in love, okay? I'm just saying. That's a sin, by the way. Don't do it. Okay. Like, time, I, I want to be with them. And sleep? Pfft. Who needs sleep when you're in love? Stay up till the wee hours of the morning. Come on, if you've never talked on the phone till three o'clock in the morning, you've never been in love. If you've never had this conversation, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> I just want to hear you breathe. <sighs> Awkward. Yeah. sleep two hours a night when you're in love because you just want to talk to that person as long as you possibly can. But never once have you thought, what a waste. <laughs> no, because you're in love. When I stood at the altar across from my wife, May 16th, 2004, I remembered it. I didn't look at her and I'm like, God, I've wasted so much time on this chick. I've wasted so much money and I could have slept so much better. Like, no, all of it was worth it. 
because I was standing across the altar from the object of my affection and I was so in love and I got to say, we're gonna be together forever and I'm gonna go to bed on time from now on. Like, <laughs> it was all worth it. Listen, when you stand at the altar on the other side of Jesus on judgment day, when you look into his eyes and he begins to recount the sacrifices that you made for his name's sake, the friendships that didn't make it, the dollars that were invested, the time when you could have been sleeping in your nice warm bed, but you were here at the Scottish Rite Masonic Center setting up church to make sure that there was a place for people to come and meet with Jesus. Every single sacrifice is worth it. Why? Because what's spent in love is never wasted. It's all for the name of love. Let's make this be a year where we waste our mornings on Jesus just to be with him. Where we waste our gifts and our talents and our passion just to serve him. Where we waste our Sundays to be in his house. Where we waste our finances to invest in the kingdom of God. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we wanna pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.